report our praise to you, Lord. Amen. God is so good. I want to want you to watch this quick video about this is the last the last um, message in this series, and I want you to watch this quick quick video. All right, together. Everybody say together. together. Amen. That's what it's all about. I hopefully after these four weeks of talking about togetherness, we have gotten a hold of of the importance of being together. And I'm so excited that we've had we we you know we have <clears throat> many visitors today, and I'm so ex- excited that you are here today together with us, and we hope you come back and be together with us again. We're so honored that you're here, and um, we want to serve you any way we can with, with the needs that you may have that, that we could help you with. Um, so I want <clears throat> to take a little sidetrack. You know I'm a little opening up. I kind of go a different direction sometimes. We're talking about togetherness. We, the first week I talked about the, the Lego and how a Lego by itself is just pennies or less than pennies you know but but uh when you put them together with stuff you can create some pretty intricate stuff that's very valuable and us individually we may not seem like a lot to each other or to ourselves even but whenever we're put together with other people you know uh and and we we can make such an incredible impact okay but God looks at us even though I I don't want you to to, to dismay about that of of saying well yeah you're right you know that's how I feel I don't feel like I'm nothing by myself I am nobody I'm a nothing you know I want you to understand that I'm talking about that you know maybe we feel that way but when we're together we're more powerful but God says in Ephesians 2 10 that you are his masterpiece and that, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made so by yourself you are somebody to God okay but I'm just talking about the impact we make as a group and being together. <clears throat> but so I want to talk a minute about superheroes, just real quick. Um, you know, we're in the golden age of superheroes. There's a whole lot of movies about superheroes. You know, we have um, Spider Man and Batman and Superman, Captain America and Captain Marvel. We have Black Panther. We have uh, Iron Man, Thor, and Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman. She. she I like Wonder Woman. She's, I, mean, I, th- I, think, I think she could beat up all the other dudes. If y'all watch the Wonder Woman movie, dude, I mean, she is bad to the bone, man. I mean, stuff that she did, I was like, man, Superman ain't got nothing on her, man. None of them do. And I just think she, I think she could be there. You know, I hadn't seen the Marvel yet. I got to watch Captain Marvel. I missed that one. But, um, but anyway, Wonder Woman's good. So, but anyway, we, got, we also have the Wonder Twins, but they were back in my day. Uh, remember they had the two, the two, the two little, the two little um, rings. They were like, Wonder Twin powers activate, you know. Form of a bucket of water and form of a form of a, a eagle, and then the eagle would grab the bucket of water and they would put out fires. It was incredible. So, <laughs> but we also have the Avengers, and we have the Justice League, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Incredibles, even Ant Man, and Aquaman. Whenever I was a child, Aquaman was my favorite. He didn't have like real long, beautiful hair, and he wasn't like that when I saw him when I was a kid. But he's cut like that now. And then <laughs> he didn't look like that when I was a kid. And then uh, Shazam. Shazam is also another movie, and that was a good movie as well. Yeah. So, but anyway, but who, but who wouldn't want a superpower hero, you know? Uh, who wouldn't want that kind of power to be able to zap somebody when you need to or, or have superpower strength or superpower knowledge or, or, or x-ray vision or, or maybe to be able to read somebody's mind and all that kind of stuff. But, but I would like to say today that instead of more superheroes in this world, we need more Mr. Rogers, Okay. Because let's, 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 let's have a super, superhero Mr. Rogers showdown real fast. 
Okay, raw, raw strength and rugged looks. What superheroes got that one, right? Because Mr. Rogers was an older man, and he was, you know, he was kind of thin and, and frail a little bit, you know, a little bit in his, in, in his later age. And you, would, and you would think that, you know, well, okay, as far as it goes to pure strength like that. But when it comes to saving the world, um, everything that happens with superheroes, they're all them saving the world all had to do is it's all make-believe. They save a make-believe world. The world that you see is not even real. The things in them, you know, it's just not a real world. It, you know, it, it symbolizes that, but it's not. But Mr. Rogers took make-believe and then created in kids' minds to open up and, 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 and imagine and think about things. And he made them think about things in different ways. And he made each and every child that watched that program, and I know it's designed for kids 2 to 5 or 2 to 6, but I watched it until I was like a teenager. You know, and, and I, I still, I, 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 he's got a movie out, and I, I might go watch one today. I like it so much, matter of fact. But the thing is, is that he made a difference. He, he, he made a difference in, in the real world, okay? And we're going to talk about that. You know, he had, you know, but in, in make-believe, he had King Friday and Queen Saturday, and he had the neighborhood trolley and Mr. McFreely, the speedy delivery man. You know, he had all these things. But he, when he came in the door, he would always talk to kids and say, won't you be my neighbor? But the whole show was about making kids feel like they are somebody, making kids feel like they're special, especially special needs kids. And he would make them feel like they were somebody special. And when he, and when he left, he would, say, he would always say at the end of the day, you know, just by being your, I mean, um, you know how, just by, I mean, you made my day special. You know how, just by being yourself. There's only one person in the whole world that's like you, and that's you. And, and, be, and people can be just like you, I mean, like you, just exactly the way you are. I'll be back next time. Bye-bye. And so, so he, was, he was always trying to impact the world. So he may not have had strength and power and all these grand looks like a lot of his superheroes does, but he was, he was kind and he was soft and gentle, but he made an impact to, to even after, way after, after years later, after he died, he is still making an impact, and they just recently had that movie about him. So then you have superhero pride and arrogance versus Mr. Rogers' quiet and humble attitude. And I'm going to go with Mr. Rogers on this as well. He, he, was, he told kids that you were special just the way you are. And he, and he got into television because he said he didn't like the way that, that the culture was treating kids and how they were acting towards the kids. You know, and then let me do one more and then we'll, then we'll move on. Superhero um, independence versus Mr. Rogers' cooperation. Superheroes, you know, had a sidekick, but they always try to do it themselves. And then after they fail, they will always get somebody or their friends to come around and help them to do it. But Mr. Rogers built an entire, entire career after trying to let everybody know that together we're better, that together we can do more, okay? He, did, he didn't um, put others down. He always lifted them up, and that was just that was his category that he was in, and he just made people feel better, even in adults that watched it. And when my kids were able to watch it at times, I would watch it with them, and it would, it would always encourage me as well. But so what the world needs is more Mr. Rogers. Do you know Mr. Rogers was an ordained pastor? He was a minister of the gospel. Um, and, 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 the reason, and the reason that we need more people like Mr. Rogers is because Mr. Rogers was Christ-like. He was a Christian. All these things that I said he did really is just being a Christian. You know, it's just doing what's right and acting what's right, loving one another, working together and encouraging one another and forgiving one another and being kind, okay? And, and, and a, the church can learn a lot from Mr. Rogers about how to be kind to one another and love one another and listen to one another and dream and, and go forward and walk, walk out your dreams. But by them simple acts, he did, he, he did change his own world. We, we, um, we as a church fulfill our purpose as God's people, and we need to share peace and unity and encouragement, grace and kindness, 
and we, and we, need, and we need to share ourselves, not in judgment, but, but in compassion. And we need to know that, that together there's nothing that we can do, and together we can change the world. And you're like, well, Pastor Doug, look, I'm just trying to change my household. As a matter of fact, I'm just trying to change my own life. You know, much less the world. Okay, well, well, when I say the world, basically I'm talking about your world. Okay, if, if you go change, what, well, what is my world? My world is everywhere I go in the day. When I get up in the morning and I go somewhere and I come back home, that, everybody I touch was my world. Where you go, get up in the morning and you go and you come back home, that's your world. And if I touch my world and you touch your world and everybody in here touches your world, we've ch- then we've just about changed our community. And then once we change our community and all them begin to change their worlds, then, you, you know, it's one thing at a time. My, my, my spiritual mom, Jenny Mayo, used to say, you know, um, you know, that you need to save one life at a time. And, and then when you save one life at a time, you eventually change the world. And she's like, you just got to do it one life at a time. Changing the world doesn't require superheroes or superhero powers. We feel like we, feel like that it, that we have to change the world or to be effective even in your community. Um, or even in a church, you got to be the superhero, and you got to be able to do everything, and you got to be able to do it good, and you got to be able to do it quick, and you got to be able to, to be showy, and so and so as and so as. But for for a quick recap, the first half the first half of of Ephesians was about the redemptive power of God, and how God wanted to save us and give us love and peace, and and the story of Jesus. And then the second half was more of the gospel about how we can can reach our neighborhoods, our families, um, and our communities. So the, the passage of the day is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 32 through chapter 5, verses um, 1 and 2. It says, be kind to one another, forgiving one another, just as um, God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And so whenever, whenever we do that, and whenever we serve God and we show love to others, it actually sends us a smell to God that is just a sweet-smelling, pleasing aroma. So what we got to do in our life is try to, to emulate, and like you said, and imitate God and be like Christ the best we can. Well, Pastor Doug, I can't be like God. I've got a lot of faults and failures. Well, hey, join the crowd. I do too. We're all, we're all messed up, and we all got issues in our lives. But the thing is, we can do the best that we can to strive to be like Christ. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, and forgiving one another. But we get hung up on the big acts, the superhero kind of things. You know, and we, we think we got to do this. Even, even let's, let's take superheroes out of it and look about people like Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein and Nelson Mandela and Steve Jobs. You know, we, we, we look at those. Well, they're, they're heroes. They do big things and they do mighty things and they got lots of money, you know. But the thing is, is that he who saves a life saves the whole world in time. It's not necessarily the big things. They do these big things, but the thing is, is that you need to do small things a lot very consistently in your life. So what are these things again? Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. They're, they're very simple acts. What God is asking us to do is not do nothing big and not, being, not do nothing grandiose and not doing nothing. But if you do a lot of small acts and they're multiplied over and over and over again, it becomes a super powerful thing. Just like I talked about that water. Uh, remember last week I said the drops of water, you have a drop of water coming off of a, a mountain. It becomes into a, a little puddle and then a little, str- a little channel and then a stream and into a river. You know, and, and, and it just that one little drop of water joins with other drops of water and comes together and becomes something very powerful. And it's just drop after drop after drop. 
You know, and, and, and when we get to the place where we realize we, that we quit trying to do just, just superhuman stuff, and we're like, let's just be consistent to God. Let's consistently love, consistently show growth, consistently care, and be tenderhearted and kind. If we as a church would just be consistent in those small things, the, the, the world and the community would see us as a large entity. Rather than trying to do one superhuman thing that they're like, oh, that's a good church, but then you don't hear nothing else from them again. But if we're constant and we're consistent in things that we do and it multiplies, it's a very powerful force. Think about the people who did stuff that changed history. You know, you have Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Adolf Hitler, good or bad, they, they changed something. Walt Disney, the Beatles, you know, they, they all, they, you know, a bunch of other people probably come to your mind. They did something that changed history. They changed time for the good or for the bad. But the thing is, 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 is what are they best known for? Is it just that one impact or was it a lot of things? And did they have somebody else to help them? Their change was for good, but they, their change came through small steps. D Dr. Martin Luther King just didn't go that day and says, okay, this is going to happen, guys. Let's do this. I mean, he had a lot of background stuff. He did a lot of small steps, and he took a lot of things together and had a lot of people helping him to get to where he got. And they had to work together. And they, and they did not work as an individual. Because and when you get into individual, you become, you become isolated. And that's the problem with the church world and Christians. We want to do in individual things. We want to become isolated and try to not come to church and not do things. And therefore, when you become isolated, you end up being depressed. Okay? And, and, and when you feel like that you're the one that's going to change the world, then you end up failing. We get too hung up on, on trying to change the world one thing at a time. Like, you know, um, you know we, we got to feed the kids in Africa. You know, we got to bless the kids over here. And it's like, it's, it's, it's so big, it seems so insurmountable. But if we take small steps at a time in consistency, you can change the world. But we fall, in our, we fall every day because we compare ourselves, our families, our churches, what have you, to other people and other families and other individuals who have done big things. And we see somebody else and, and we see another church that's done something big. And we compare our church to their church because they did something big and we hadn't done nothing maybe. You, 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 share your, you look at yourself and you, share your, you compare yourself to, to another Christian. Well, man, he said he gets up an hour, an hour every day and prays, whatever. Or she gets over here and she's, she's read the whole Bible through in, in, in six months. You know, and we look, well, man, I must be a sinner. I can't do that. But consistency consistency has to go through and that's what we got to learn today is consistency in our walk with God because it's like the water that flows through the through the, the Grand Canyons and and, the, and the, the the winds that sculpt the deserts you know you see this beautiful sand and you'll see these beautiful designs all in the all in the the deserts because the constant wind kept blowing and these designs are happening in the canyons a, a little canal of water on a rock will eventually cut into that rock because it's just constant it's just constant and it cuts in so we got to be kind forgive love and, and be together and sacrifice for one another it's important to remember that that as a church that we can change the world and when we get together and we can change our world the church gives us a place to support it gives us a place to co-labor it gives us a place to cheer each other on it gives us a, a place to cry with one another to be sad with one another it gives us a place to to encourage one another it gives us a place to come to and say hey man i'm going through a hard time man can somebody pray with me it gives, it gives us a place to come to and say hey man i've messed up i've done some wrong stuff man i need some prayer and it's a it's a place where when you come and say i've messed up i've, I've made some bad decisions we all can come and pray with you and not look at you and not judge you and put you down because you made bad decisions. 
You know, I often say, just because, you know, just because they sin in public and you sin in private don't make you better than them. Okay? Because we, we look at it and, and you, you'll see people always putting somebody down. Look at their sin. Well, well you sin too, but, you're put, but you, 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 just nobody knows you'll sin. You know, so we're all on the same page. And we've got issues. We've got to keep constantly praying for God and praying for his purpose to happen in our life. And we can do that together at church. We can do that together at church and with each other. Um, later on in Ephesians, in, in, in the letter to the Ephesians from Paul, and I didn't say this at the beginning, but Paul wrote a letter. The book of Ephesians is a letter to the Ephesians from Paul, tr- to talking to them and telling them how to live and how to do. Um, and uh, they, they got together and studied that letter. Um, and, 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 they, and the Ephesians made an impact on their community, but it wasn't an earth-shattering event. It was small little things that they did. They got together, they prayed. They got together and they studied. They got together and they read. They got together and hung out. They got together and ate. They got together and had fun, and it changed the world. Change happens one person at a time, one relationship at a time, one smile at a time, one event at a time, um, one act of kindness at a time, and one hug at a time. Amen. You know, so, so, so our choices need to be kind and compassionate, and we can change people. People that you don't even know that, that you could change. I, I remember Jason here on the front row, he's a good friend of mine, and I remember he, he, was, he was at a friend's funeral, and his friend had, 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 had killed himself, and Jason was sitting there, and Jason was facing some, some jail time. He's like, Pastor Doug, I, he said, I don't know nothing. All I know is I'm getting ready to face some time, and I know that I'm not going to be able to make it without Jesus, and I've run from God a long time, and I need to change my life. And right there beside the river down there, down at Carolina Beach, and we prayed a prayer, and he changed his life. And, 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 we, and he went into the, he went, and because of that, you, you made it, didn't you? We came through there and came out. He's still making it. Amen. <clears throat> and and uh, he's still trying. He's, he's made some, some mistakes and done some stuff, but he's still trying. He's still here. He's still got his Bible. He's still caring, and, and he's still trying. He came over here when he's leaving a while ago. If you didn't catch it, he came over here and knew I was about to preach, so he slipped me a mint. A little tiny, being, just being kind, being compassionate, trying to do what God's telling him to do. But he's, he's still making mistakes. He's still messing up some, but we all, I am too. We all are. But we can get to the place and we can come together and I can work with him now. And he's going to be able to reach people that, or at least introduce me to people that I, can, that I never would be able to meet. You know, and then we can talk and change the world. And he's, and he's trying. He's trying to change his world. And if you change your world, he changes his world and I change my world. Together we can change the world. You know, and so, so thank you for being here, buddy. I'm, I'm glad to see you. You look so sharp today. I'm proud of you. Ephesians 5 and 2 says, live a faith-filled, live, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and, and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. He offered us as a sacrifice. So we're supposed to live a life filled with love and following the example of Christ. Okay? So we need to recognize that, 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 that the eternal purpose we, we look at things right now, what's happening right now, how's this going to affect me next week? How's this going to affect me next year? How is this purchase going to affect me, affects me, affect me in the next five years or ten years? You know? But the thing is, is we need to look how it's going to affect us for eternity. I was at a funeral yesterday, um, and, uh, it, and it was Tabitha and Amanda's um, grand, granddaddy died. And the, 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 the pastor said something, and he said, he said when you're looking at eternity... He said, you take a, if, you t- if you go to your kitchen and get the biggest spoon you can have, and you, f- you go to the ocean, and you get a, a big, the biggest spoon you got and hold that water right there in, that, in that, that big spoon you got, he said, right there in that big spoon, that's your life, and the ocean out there is eternity. 
He said, that's the way to look at it. I was like, man, I'm going to use that tomorrow. That goes right along with my message. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me a little, a little note. But, you know, but, but, it, but it's, I was like, wow, man, big scoop. I got this water, and you, you, you're the biggest scoop you got. But all that's eternity. And we got to start looking at the decisions we're making now in this little tiny spoon. How is it going to affect my eternity? And how can I help other, how can I affect other people's eternity? By doing the purpose that God's created me for. But the problem is, is we, you know, the problem with togetherness is people don't like togetherness because people don't know how to work together. They don't know how to be kind and compassion. They want my way. It's my way or the highway. They want to be rude and they want to be, have disagreements and people like to argue and they can't get together and we can't do nothing together because everybody fights and fusses. Not us, but I mean, I've been in that before, you know, in different places, you know, but thank God, I love it so far. I, up to coming up in January, it'll be four years, you know, that, that we don't have, when we, get, when we get together, man, we love, we have fun, and we rejoice. We, we, we're effective, and we do things. We have disagreements, but we fix them, and we move forward. And that's what it's all about. We got to be united. It takes that. And we got to truly love people. Ephesians 6, Paul instructs the believers to put on the full armor of God. And he says, put on the full armor of God, you know, and he says, don't, it's not against flesh and blood. You don't fight against flesh and blood. You're not fighting against those people that aren't saved or saved or not saved. He said, you're, you're, that's not what you're doing. Matter of fact, let me read Ephesians 6, chapter 10 through 12. It says, finally, be strong in, in the Lord and mighty in his power. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the devil's schemes. For the struggles is not against flesh and blood but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the, the spiritual forces of heavenly, in heavenly realms. And then he goes on and says, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, shield of, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, ready to fight the enemy. And you've got to have those things. But, but you've got to realize that it's not against flesh and blood. We've got we to, to attack and defeat the enemy rather than attacking each other and go on and put on the armor of God because it talks about it right here in real perspective. It helps you understand that this is a spiritual battle. Our life is a spiritual battle. It's not a fleshly battle. And, and, and so we got to ask ourselves, what are we really fighting over? Why are we disagreeing? What is this? Is this really a big deal? Or is this just something that, that I need to pray with my brother or sister about? Or maybe I need to pray myself about? Or maybe I need to get over myself and quit trying to argue all the time and, tr and, and know that it's okay to be wrong. You know, I, 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 I meet people sometimes like you can't, yes, you know, you can't be wrong and I can't be right. I was telling somebody the other day about, about something. I was, like, I was like, I was right about something and someone got upset. I was like, why, what, what, what is it? Why, why can't I be right? I'm wrong a lot. Let me be right once in a while. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm right, don't get mad because I'm right because you're wrong. Good Lord, why can't, it just don't, I don't understand people. I'm like, God, okay, you can be right. I'll be wrong even though I'm right. Okay, it's fine. You know? But the thing is, is but we got to work together, and we got to work out our differences, and we got to realize if you have an alpha person and more of a submissive person, well, the alpha person can't bully the submissive person, and the submissive person can't not stand up to the, to the alpha person. We got to work together and be together and unified, so we can change the world. We got it. We just have to be, do that, and we got to quit looking about what is temporary and finite. Our decisions that you make every day. Stop looking about the temporary things and the finite things. <clears throat> finite meaning. <coughs> Excuse me. Finite meaning things that have an end. Look at the infinite things, the eternity. Paul described our, the, the armor, and one of the main things that he talked about as a tool and a weapon was prayer. 
People look at prayer as such a, a just a, a side note today. When prayer, according to the Word of God, is the most powerful weapon you have. It's not just when people, you know, I, won't, I, I try not even to say I'll pray for you unless I'm going to do it. Because I take that seriously. When I say I'm going to pray for you, man, I want to pray for you. I want to make sure that I'm doing what I, you ask because I understand when you say pray for me, that's a big deal. You're saying I want you to go to the Father and I want you to talk to God and ask him to help me in this situation. And I'm desperate and I need help. How rude is that? And say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And they're, wait, they're, they're expecting your prayers to get through. And they're praying themselves, but then you don't even pray for them. That's not together. That's not family. Family is selfish, yeah. We need, to, we need to work together and love one another. Say, you know what? Hey, man, I got your back. I'm going to pray for you. What are you going through? How can I help you? It says um, um, in Ephesians 6 and 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all different kind of prayer and requests. Um, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. We should pray for one another. I need your prayers. I'm your pastor. I need your prayers. I need your prayers to withstand and be able to handle the attacks of the enemy. Too much is given, much is required. And the enemy comes against me daily. I need your prayers that I can withstand those attacks. I need those prayers that whenever I'm doing this and, and I'm, I'm handling several things a day on different levels that I can be able to do that. And I want to pray for you where, um, where, where you can. You need to pray for each other. So we need to stay connected. Even when we recognize that things are, are eternal, we got to understand that eternity is connected with one another. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, that he who, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds together. Encouraging one another, spurring one another on, encouraging one another, it says. But, but listen, not giving up meeting together. Church is so important. I, can't, I mean, I hear people all the time, well, I don't need to be, I can be, a, I can be a Christian without going to church. Yeah, you can. You can make it to heaven because the Bible says, except you be born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. So you got to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior to go to heaven. But the thing is, as yet, so you can go to heaven without going to church. But if you're going to make it through this life, it's going to be a hard road for you. You need to be able to come where people care about you, where people can say, oh, I'm dealing with the same thing, brother. I've been through that. Let me tell you how, what happened to me, or hey, I'm going through it now. Let's pray together. We need each other. So it says, don't forsake coming together. So as, some, as some are in the habit of doing, you know, I'm glad that summer's over because everybody wants to have that beach, beach church every Sunday. Now they might come back to church. But encouraging one another, all as you, more you see the day appearing, and talking about the day that God comes back, and we know God's coming back soon. The, impo the important part of life is, that, uh, is, is doing church together. They, that we, uh, we can meet physically, doing a worship study, during service, having a worship night, at a Bible study, at a small group. You know, you can meet me after service. We go, I'm going to go to the bacon festival. And I'm going to put my body by bacon on, shirt on, and I'm going to go to the bacon festival and eat all the bacon they got. So I, if anybody wants to go after church, we are heading there right after service. So we can just come hang out and be together that way as well. You know, but a lot of things, you know, hinder us coming together. We got schedules. We got sickness. We got this and that and the other. But we got to make a point. So you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to do this outreach. I want to be a part. That November 9th is going to be one of the biggest events we've done yet. You know, and it's going to be one of the nicest events we've done yet, hopefully. And we need every single person in this building to be a part if you can. We've got room for everybody. Um, getting together also is not just physically being together. 
If, if you, what, what our mission is what? Inspiring love, life, and relationships. So if I'm over here inspiring love, life, and relationships, you may be across town inspiring love, life, and relationships. We're still together at that point. So when you go to your world and I go to my world and we're, we got the same mission, inspiring love, life, and relationships with real relationships with, with people, then you are still together. But you can't be isolated. Isolation brings depression. When you're trying to do it yourself and you're trying to get away and I, I got this, you know, I don't need no help. Well, you'll find out you do. And sometimes it's too late and you get into this depression mode. But we've, we're forgetting what we've learned over this past four weeks when we do that is that's that we need each other. Being together, staying connected is vital for us to in, in seek our world. If you, if you can come. Thank you, man. Even Jesus himself surrounded himself with a group. Jesus himself had a disciples. He hung out with all the time and they prayed together. They, they had fun together. They, they, they ministered together. They did all this stuff. They lived, they lived daily together and shared a common purpose. People in the, 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 um, the city would get around and just go to each other's houses and hang out and be together. That was kind of, it was kind of like small groups. But at the end, at the end of Ephesians, it talks about it talks about being together. And it doesn't talk about these world earth-shattering events. At the very end, it's talking about how you share, how do you change the world, how you do this. It's talking about women love your husband, husband love your wives, parents love your children, children respect your parents. It's all about family. It's all about being together. That's where he ends up at. This culture is offered a, a lot of counterfeit ways to, to connect. Social media is one of them. You'll see people that are just as shy as, as can be. They're just as shy as can be. But they get behind that screen and they become this superhero. They're mean, they're rude, and they're, they're, they just, they, they, they all of a sudden, they're bold as brass. They, they, they can just tell you, tell you whatever they want to tell you that they always want to tell you behind that screen. And then when you see them, they go run, run away. Why? Because it's, it's a false sense of connectivity. And we're not together. We're against each other at that point. So hopefully we, when we, you, we, we come back together and we pursue one another. We need more than a Facebook group to be together. We need more than just church on Sundays to be together. We need a life group. We need times that we go out and fellowship and, and go minister to the community together. We need a place of belonging. Even as Paul traveled, he, he stayed with fellows, friends, he even stayed with some of them a long time. He, he said, hey, can I stay with you? And he would just stay. He would minister. He would hold services and meetings and stuff like that. And he would just go on and on. And, 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 and he would just bless people and stay with them and just be with them and pray together and study together. And when we pursue these things, we find that together we have peace. The peace of Christ in our hearts and the peace in our hearts for others. We can have peace in our hearts and the peace in, 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 in others. We, we, we have the peace of God and the peace with God. We have the peace with God, that salvation. And then the peace of God is where you walk in peace. And then we have together, we experience love. God, God's love flows in us, to us, and then out of us into our communities. And then together we're stronger. We experience the strength of the grace of God and God's plan to fulfill our purpose. And we have strength 
to make it every day through Christ. And then lastly, as today we close, together we can change the world. We're able to discover our purpose and plug into the ways that we as a church can accomplish God's work, changing the world around us, the work around us. How can I do that, Pastor? Well, you can come to church every Sunday. You can find a life group to go to. You can be a part of our outreach. You can come help us. We need, we, we need some more. We need some, we, I, I'm always talking about this, but we always need help. We need somebody to help park, park cars. We need some, Christians is not going to be here. We need somebody to help um, on Sundays to, to, to take the trash out and, and, and do things like that and get the church ready for, for, for Monday because we sublease. So we need that kind of thing. There's a place in the community for every single one of you. And when we're together, we're going to change the world. I want to end by reading the scripture in Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. It says, peace for the brother and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Guys, we, you can change your world. You, we might not can change the world individually, but together we can. Because we can change our own individual worlds and then change our communities and then change the world. Together, together, together. They say you got to preach something or teach something seven times for it to become a habit to somebody. This is only four, so hopefully you got it in four. Hopefully I'll set it together in, enough in these messages for you to say, oh, I get it. And it seems like repetition. But the problem is, how long have we been Christians and we're still not together yet? Some of you will have like, dear God, I'm glad this together is over. But, you're, but, you're, but you probably aren't in a small group. You probably haven't been to an event yet. But you're here today, thank God for that. So if you really get it, then be a part. Join. Find somebody. We got many visitors today. Find a face that you don't recognize and say, hey, love on them. Let them know that you're, that you're welcome, that they're welcome here. So we can be a part. And so we can change the world. Because we want to do great things. God has a purpose for us. And God's going to minister and help us reach that destiny that he has for us. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Would anybody here, anybody here today say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I, I would love to have that peace you're talking about. And I would love to have that love, that undying love. I would love to grow stronger, and I would love to change the world, but i, I got to change myself first. I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want to change my heart. Anybody here want to raise your hand and say, I just want to receive Christ today? I want Christ to come in my heart. I want to be a Christian. Anybody at all? Amen. Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else? Yes, I see your hand. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You can put your hands down. I see them. Hallelujah. What we're going to do is we're going to pray together. and We're going to ask for you to repeat this prayer with me. And after this prayer, you're going to be saved. And I want everybody that's already saved to pray this prayer again, just so, so nobody won't feel uncomfortable. If you just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, come into my heart. I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I'm sorry for the things I've done to you. You didn't deserve to be to hurt the way you, that I've hurt you. But you still love me. And you still died for me. I accept you in my heart as my Lord and my Savior. 
Forgive me for my sins. I believe you died on a cross and rose on the third day. And today you're in heaven. And I want to go see you. I want to spend eternity with you. I know I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. And when I do, I'm going to come to you for forgiveness. I accept you, Lord, as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's give God a hand. <clears throat> the, word of, the Word of God says, in case you didn't know, those of you just received Christ, there's two or three of you, that the Bible says that whenever someone receives Christ, that all the angels in heaven stop, clap. The angels in heaven 24-7 clap for, for God. And they're just worshiping and praising God for, for, for who he is. They were created to do that. But whenever someone receives Christ, they all stop and they have a party because of you. The Word of God says they all rejoice because you got saved. So today there's a party in heaven for you. So I hope you enjoy that.